Hey y'all, I'm Nicole, a pediatric speech-language pathologist and part-time stay-at-home mom to two little wildlings. And I'm Rebecca, a pediatric occupational therapist. We're two friends brought together in New Orleans by our love of child development and happy hour. We will sprinkle in a touch of research, a bit of therapeutic experience, a few mom moments, and a whole lot of real-life perspective. Join us for a cocktail as we chat all things kids. Hi. Hello. How are you? Cheers. Cheers. Way up here. (laughs) We are, um, if you have not looked at our Instagram and you are just a listener, we are recording in these little cubicles we've made for ourselves out of my kids' nugget comforts. (laughs) I really, really wish that we could be like affiliates for nugget because of all of the ways that we use it, we use (laughs) it professionally and personally. Yes. I, we use ours at least once a day. Well, I'm happy to start. This is the official start of season two, Nicole. I know. I'm so excited. Season two, episode one. Here we go. Here we go. Tell me about your mom moment. What's been going on? Uh, wait, should we talk about our cocktails first? Oh, yes. <laughs> They're very unexciting. We really need to record in an evening soon so that we can have a cocktail. But um, we are feeling a wee rough. <laughs> I would say I'm at 90% capacity now. What percentage are you at? I'm at 85. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm probably closer to 85. We had our other jobs Christmas party and it is on Saturday. It's Monday today. Um, and it is always a wild time. And the day after that Christmas party has turned into my annual hangover day. <laughs> I get one hangover a year and that's it. And it was rough yesterday. It, uh, we're getting older, which is fine. Yes. It's totally fine. Yes. But my voice is not where it usually is. And I texted Nicole <laughs> yesterday and I was like, oh gosh, we're recording a podcast and I'm sounding a little raspy, but whatever. This is reality, <laughs> real life. Here we are. We were out until like 1 a.m. That's late. It's very late. I had to be horizontal until 2 p.m. yesterday. <laughs> um, I don't want this episode to be all about Michael because the last episode was <laughs> unintentionally, but... He deserves all of the kudos because he just like jumped right in and parented no problem. Didn't give me any grief for being so incapacitated for so much of the day. It's very sweet of your parenting partner. It was very sweet. I think he knows now that this is my annual hangover day. (laughs) So needless to say, our cocktails are Are indicant of that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm having hot tea with a little bit of honey that Nicole made me, wellness tea. Yes. So, you know, lubricate the vocal cords over here. (laughs) And I'm having an iced coffee with almond milk and a little bit of chocolate syrup. Just like a little treat. Um, But yeah, let's talk about my mom moment. So I think this kind of piggybacks off of last week um, where I was talking about how the kids favor Michael. And my goal lately has been to say yes more when the kids ask to do something with me. Mm -hmm. And it's just so sweet when they come up to me and say, mommy, will you come rough with me? Or mommy, you want to come play with us? Like this morning they were playing with their dreidels. Michael just got them dreidels. We are, um, or my husband, Michael is Jewish, as I like to say. (laughs) So we celebrate some Hanukkah and some Christmas. It's just like whatever's going on over here. Um, so he taught them how, like, how to play the dreidel game. I don't know if you call it the dreidel game or dreidel. I don't know. I'm a bad Jewish wife. Um, 
but they've been playing with coins and they asked me to play with them this morning, like first thing as soon as they got up. And I played with them for a little bit and it was really sweet. It's really sweet to see how excited they get when we say yes. I know. To playing or reading the book. And sometimes there's a boundary around it, right? Like, mommy, can you read me this book? Yes, I will read it to you one time because my kids have a tendency to be like, okay, read it again and now another one and now another one and now another one. And I want to engage with them and I want them to remember that mom said yes. Yeah. Um, But I also have things to do sometimes and tasks to complete. So, well, I think it's cool that you recognized last week that that was something you wanted to do more. Mm -hmm. And this week saying yes more is in those day-to-day activities and day-to-day play where you kind of said you wanted to show up a little stronger and you know, that little bitty yes for reading the book is what builds your child's memories of you. Yes. Yeah. So even though it wasn't big every day that you, you know, got on the floor and played for an hour, it was small and important. Yeah. And, you know, I think something I've been trying to do lately too, which this is incredible privilege that I have to do this, but my kids don't typically go to school on Fridays. Um, I stay home with them while I can. Sunny will be in kindergarten next year, so we won't have that luxury. Um, but like last Friday and this Friday, I'm sending them to school so that I can get a few things done off of my to-do list. And then I'm available to say yes when they are home. Oh, I like that. You know, it's about to be the holidays. Yeah. Intentional. Yes. Intentional. Yes. Time, like time blocking. We like time blocking here. Exactly. (laughs) Time blocking your task list so you can be intentional about the little day-to-day stuff. Yes, exactly. And like they're about to be out of school for a good chunk of time. And for the first time ever, I'm taking a good chunk of time off of work to be home with them over the holidays, which I'm excited about. That's sweet. That's sweet. Yeah. Well, happy, happy mom moment. Thank you. What a great little win for yourself. Thanks. You got to recognize those small parent wins, right? Yes. We tell, we tell clients Any that all the time. way that you can. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I think today we were going to try something a little new with this season. So last season we did our woes and our wows. And this season we want to do overrated, underrated. Yeah. It was Nicole's husband idea. He said yeah. lots of podcasts are doing it. Yes. We're all about the trends. <laughs> yeah. All about being relevant and recent. And yeah, I think it kind of, we like to bring something in from our lives that's applicable and might help you think creatively about how to just implement, um, what we talk about in your day to day. Yeah. And I think underrated, overrated is going to be a good little segment. I think so. I'm excited about it. So yeah. why don't you start with what is on your mind as overrated these these days? Okay, so I might get a little shade for this. Um, I think that the elf on the shelf is a little overrated. Oh, <laughs> tell me more. Um, well, we posted about this not that long ago. You posted about it in relation to Santa. I, we, I'm going to say we, don't love that like Santa and elf on the shelf can be used to threaten our kids Mm -hmm. to behave well because we really believe in natural consequences. And if you've worked with us before or have listened to us for a while, the elf on the shelf and basing your kid's presence or threatening that they won't get presents if they don't behave well on Santa, like it's just, 
it's too far disconnected. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's so disconnected. And we do Santa in my house. We actually have elves in our house. It's kind of, they're kind of funny because they're not the traditional elf on a shelf. They're just some elf decorations my mom got me for Christmas one year that are really creepy. Um, (laughs) And so I use them as elves now. But my kids don't know that the elf goes back to Santa. I think that's a traditional story that he flies to Santa at the end of every day to report on your behavior. Mm -hmm. Our elves are just like, for fun. You just look for where they are in the house. Yeah. It's yeah. just an exciting game to see where they move to. That is it. Yeah. We keep it pretty simple. If you love doing like the whole big presentation of the elf every day, good for you. I think that that's totally fine if you want to do that. It's wild that you can buy like these kits and stuff. Literally <laughs> of all the things that is not my strength, that one is not. I'm not yeah. a parent yet, but I know that that like the, the detail that goes into some of those presentations of the I elf, know. like, it's pretty impressive and creative. It and is. It takes, that takes some time. It does. I would get burnt out on it. Like, I think I'd be really into it, like, one or two times, and then I'd be like, I, I don't have time for this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just don't love, like, the threat of Santa, the threat of elf on the shelf. You're getting your kids presents, right? Like, if your kids are behaving really badly, you're not taking away that present that they're getting in 10 days. Right. Like, it's just not happening. Well, what we know about child development, and, like, you touched on this, what we know is that toddlers and children have a have a undeveloped sense of time yeah. and like what, you know, yesterday versus tomorrow versus next week, like that is hard for them. It's a little abstract still. Mm-hmm. And so that's why like bringing in calendars and things that make it more concrete and more visual is really helpful for early learners and young right. children. And so, yeah, separating like, you know, if you don't behave today, December 9th, um, <laughs> on Christmas, Santa's going to do blah, blah, blah. That is so far removed time wise. Yeah. And so like, There's no learning there. No, it's definitely like this very far off abstract thing. And so even if we're thinking it's going to help, it might help in like the very, very short moment, but it's not teaching them anything about the behavior you want to see, or it's not teaching them anything in the moment as much just using a threat to try to get control in the moment. And so, well, and it's manipulative Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because we're not getting our kids gifts for Christmas because they were well-behaved. We're getting our kids gifts for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever holiday you celebrate because we want to. Yeah, yeah. It's not based on their behavior. Yeah. We're getting them things because we want to, and that's our cultural tradition, right? So don't use this threat of Santa or the elf to try and coerce your child into behaving. Overrated. Overrated. And it's also not (laughs) teaching intrinsic motivation to be a good person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to learn a little more about, like, child behavior, we could talk about this for hours. Hours. (laughs) Hours. But check our Instagram page. We do have some things up about that. We've been talking about behavior a lot this past month. We really have. (laughs) And it's great. I think it's a good season to do it. Yeah. We have a lot up there on our Instagram if you're interested in hearing more about what works more effectively for behavior. It's time for underrated. Please. What I think is underrated and what has been a personal goal of mine this holiday season is to book myself less mm. over the holidays. And I was talking with ma- my mom and um, my boyfriend and a couple different people in my family about this. It's really hard 
when there's just so many events that come during the holiday season, Mm -hmm. you want to do them all, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, there's these fantastic opportunities and I very easily overbook myself and my time and my weekends Mm -hmm. so that I don't have time for myself or for being spontaneous because I've like booked four weekends ahead of myself Mm -hmm. for morning, afternoon, and night Mm -hmm. for every day of the weekend. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying really hard to be intentional this year about that. And I literally have really tried to only book like one thing per weekend. That is like a time committed like thing in our calendar. Mm -hmm. And it has given me room to move things around if something comes up Mm -hmm. for the holidays that I want to do or um, be spontaneous or start a new tradition. Um, And so I think like being underbooked for the holiday season is vastly underrated. Good for you. Thanks. It has felt really good. And like, like I said, I'm still trying to do the things that are important, but it's just making me think more like, okay, I got invited to do this thing. There's the opportunity to do this thing. Is that something I want to prioritize for this weekend? Yeah. And if my answer is no, then that kind of tells me that, okay, this is kind of lower on the priority list as say, um, you know, getting together with my dad's side of the family or, uh, the company Christmas party that we just had, like that is my focus for the weekend. And that's kind of helped me be more intentional with my time and with who I'm spending time with, how I'm spending time, um, this season. Yeah. So I feel like it's, maybe there's still time for you out there who's listening, (laughs) um, that if there's any level of underbooking you can do, it does serve you later when something might pop up or you need to be flexible or you want to start your new tradition with just your little family or something like that. I think that's so huge. And I think it's a valuable lesson like over the whole year too. Like I find so many people, and I mean, we ourselves have quite a busy schedule in my little family, but I find so many people really overbook themselves even with little children. And it doesn't leave a lot of room for spontaneity. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going off on a tangent here, but you know, so many people are, have their like two and three and four year olds enrolled in a lot of extracurriculars. And maybe that's, what's really important and fun for their family, but we don't do any yet. We've done soccer once. Um, but beyond that, I just was feeling like it was just another thing to rush around and do. Yeah, Yeah. And it takes away from us being able to spend intentional time as a family. Yeah. It's a balance and it's taking into, it's taking your life into account at that moment and seeing what feels right and balanced for you in that moment. And what was my feeling after like coming back from my trip where it like every moment was intentional, (laughs) I didn't have other distractions. And then coming back to like the daily like overwhelm, I get very easily overwhelmed. I know that about myself. And so taking, taking how you're feeling in that season and like having to give up some preconceived notions about like all the holiday things that I did last year and like, Ooh, you know, I did these five things that are really fun. I should do those five things again this year. No, I'm, I'm trying to just like season by season, taking stock of how I feel. Yeah. What's right for me right now. What's right for my family right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And trying to move forward intentionally. And it's okay that I'm not doing the same traditions I did last year. That's a self-imposed like boundary. I was feeling guilty about not doing, but I don't, I don't know. Because you're still having fun and finding joy. Yeah. Which is all that matters. 
and I'm prioritizing, like I'm going, we're going to um, dinner and to see the lobby light, the hotel lobby lights oh, with fun. my sisters um, right before Christmas. So and like, fun. that is important. I'm putting that on my calendar. Nothing else is getting done yeah. in those couple of days because like that I'm very excited to do. And um, anyway, I just think being intentional has really helped me like focus on, yes, I want to spend this time with these people in this season right now yeah. and dedicating it to that. So that's my underrated. Try to underbook yourself for the little bit of the holiday season that might remain or the new year as it starts and you get, you know, reacclimated to being through with the holidays. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So this week we are going to talk about travel with kids. Mm -hmm. I consider Nicole an expert in this area. (laughs) She has traveled with her two boys, lots and lots and lots in different capacities. Mm -hmm. So let's get into that. Nicole. Travel. Yes. <laughs> Let's um, go. We travel with the kids a fair amount. It's all within the U.S. We've never done an international trip yet. And I think the longest flight we've done is four hours. Um, so we're going to talk today about traveling with your kids, how to set yourself up for success. And then we'll talk a little bit about like the actual day of travel, but really the important pieces come beforehand. And I think that that's kind of synonymous with our entire view on parenting, wouldn't you say, Rebecca, is that the front loading is the most important piece. The front loading is the most important piece, and it's the piece that often gets pushed to the side. Yes. And it really, really makes a huge difference when it is prioritized. Yes. Yes. Um, So we're going to talk about traveling. I've been traveling with my kids since they were, I think the first trip we went on with Sonny, he was four weeks old. Baby. Baby. I remember this. Wait. I went to Colorado. This is when you did Sunny Eats. Yes, I started Sunny Eats. (laughs) (laughs) You took pictures of all the places that you were breastfeeding him. Yes. (laughs) I remember you were in in um, REI. I was in REI. I had to breastfeed him in REI. I had to breastfeed him at the top of a mountain when we went on a hike. Oh my God. I love, I forgot about this. On the plane. Yeah. I forgot that I did that for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I breastfed that kid everywhere. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we traveled, we started when he was four weeks old and we've traveled pretty consistently. I mean, obviously there was a hiatus with the pandemic. We've also done long road trips. Um, I prefer flying because it's faster. It's mm-hmm. more expensive, obviously. Um, and my kids do get antsy in the car after a while and aren't the best sleepers in a car. Uh-huh. Um, so we're going to get into it. Let's do it. First, um, tell like, tell me a little bit about like the concept of front loading and prepping yeah. your kids for something. Like, What does that really mean? So front loading is preparing ourselves, the caregivers, and our kids with what to expect for an upcoming situation. It's like it's like studying for a test, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you need to study all of the information leading up to the big event of the test. Mm-hmm. But all of the work really comes beforehand. Right. And I think travel in any situation with kids is really like that. You need to put the work in ahead of time. And I like to think about the WH questions when it comes to prepping a kid or front-loading a kid for travel. And it is so that we can set them up for success and ourselves up for success. And it's providing them with the information that they need to know 
in order to be able to act appropriately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that the best way to put it? I love it. I love it. So I like to think about the WH questions. If you're not a speech therapist or a teacher, the WH questions are typically what, where, when, why, and how, and who. So where are you going? Mm-hmm. When are you going? How are you getting there? What can your child do during travel? Who will be there? And why are you going? Man, how organized of you. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, my type A, the little tiny bit of me that is a type A speech therapist. <laughs> we, we have stereotypes in our professions. We do. Speech therapists are often more organized. Mm-hmm. OTs are mo- more often disorganized. Mm-hmm. Nicole is half and half. She's half C's. I am half C's. Um, So those are the things that I like to think about and that I encourage my clients to think about when they are going into these situations. Okay, cool. So when you, I guess, like, give me some examples of what, like, how do you communicate these things? Like, how would you communicate the where? Like, are you just telling them? Yeah. So usually we just start off by telling them. So, um, for example... We are going on a trip for New Year's Eve to visit our friends in North Carolina. We have been to their house a few times, so my kids know what it looks like, but we're just talking about how we're going to Wilkes and Annalie's house, Mm -hmm. and they know that that's where we're going. If we were going somewhere new, like the beach or a vacation we'd never been on, we would pull up YouTube or Google to look at pictures of where we were going. Okay. Um, So we usually start with where. Well, I love it because that's making it concrete. Yes. Like very visual. Like this is what it's going to look like where we're going. Yes. Our kids are so visual. And so this is really important. If you're going somewhere like Disney World, that's so easy to look up Mm -hmm. and give them an actual visual of where they're going. Next is the when. So right now we are still in the phase of preparing for our trip where we're just talking about how it's after Christmas. Because like Rebecca talked about earlier... Our kids have an underdeveloped sense of time. It is still developing. They very much live in the here and now. When it gets to Christmas, right after Christmas, we will make a countdown for when we are going. Okay. And we will do that with a paper chain. Mm, I love this. My kids love to make a paper chain. We used to make them all the time when my husband traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. Or like if my brother was coming back in town or... You know, just like something they were looking forward to, we would make a paper chain. And I usually write the day on it, and they pick the color paper, and they tape it, and we put it somewhere where it's accessible to them. And then at night, they get out the scissors, and they cut a piece off. That's making time so concrete. I love it. I love it. Or if you keep a big family calendar, your kids can cross things off on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So where and when... And then the next piece is how are you getting there? When are you starting this process? Like, are you starting to prep? You talked about like after your trip, after Christmas. What do you like? I usually start about a week in advance. A week. Okay. 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 Usually about a week. Um, We'll start talking about it kind of loosely, like a month in advance. Mm -hmm. But we don't get into the nitty gritty details until about a week ahead of time. Yeah, I've heard some families be nervous about like talking about it too far ahead of time. I I don't think there is a too far ahead of time. I don't think so either. Yeah. I know that like some kids can tend sure to be like anxious, excited, but like that's okay. That's a skill that we can work through. 
it's also giving them more time to process it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's always, I mean, personally, when my work with kids, I, I love that you give it that much time. I mm -hmm. think that sometimes that's hard for families to think about the importance of giving it like the full week of talking about it. Yeah. I mean, kind of like all encompassing talking about it yeah. before you leave. Yeah. Um, so next is the how you're getting there. So are you taking a long road trip? Are you flying? Are you going on a cruise? Are you taking a train? There's all these different methods for transportation. And the really important thing when talking about how you're getting there is again, giving your kids a visual if this is something new. Mm -hmm. So when we f first started flying again after the pandemic, cause I guess it had been a little bit of time there was like a lull where we didn't fly because of the pandemic. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Rebecca's favorite story is we were getting ready to go on a trip and my husband, the C&K <laughs> advocate, um, I walk into the living room and he had taken the dining room chairs and arranged them like an airplane. And they were watching a video of the inside of an airplane on YouTube and sitting in the chairs like they were an airplane. Brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And I've seen this before. Like, again, like this feels like overkill, right? Like it feels like, you know, well, I don't need to do that. Like my kids have been on a plane, but the amount that that concrete activity prepared their brains yeah. for understanding what they were going to be doing. Yeah. And that was such a physical movement activity. It wasn't just like talking about the airplane. It was like, no, this is kind of what the seats mm -hmm. are like. Let's look on YouTube. Mm -hmm. We have so much technology now. Like you could see basically probably the inside of your plane that you'll yeah. be going on. And you really like, can. The amount of like value that that brings to a child's understanding of the activity because it was like a multi-sensory like movement thing. Oh. You were, uh, kiss his brain. I know. I was so proud of him in that moment. And they were like pretending to put the bag under the seat, showing him where it would be, talking about how you're going to sit with a seat belt. So it's so valuable, but also really backing it up. And if you're flying, talking about the steps to that. Mm -hmm. Are you taking an Uber to the airport? Is somebody dropping you off? Are you going to park. Mm -hmm. If you're going to park, you then have to unload your car. You have to get everybody out. You have to go check your bags. Then you have to go through security. When you're going through security, you have to take off your shoes. After we go through security and get all of our stuff, we will go to our gate and look at the plane. Amazing. Just walking them through each of those steps in a very simple and concrete manner is going to bring so much comfort and ease to our kids. Yeah, because when they know what to expect and when it's familiar, there's room for other things. Yes. And my kids have flown a lot. And I would say Sonny's been on a plane probably 15 times or more at this point mm -hmm. in his life. They still want to know what color is our plane going to be. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, all right, we're flying this airline. Let's look up what that plane looks like. I love it. So that they know. And then this brings us to the what. What can your child do during travel? Where will they sit? Who can sit next to them? Who's going to be next to them? 
And this is what Rebecca and I really find to be so important to set kids up for success is focusing on what they can do, not what they can't do. A lot of times we see parents telling kids, you can't do this, you can't do that. No, let's talk about what our kids can do. So while we are traveling, you will have your iPad. What movies do you want to watch on your iPad? We're going to pack some snacks too. What snacks do you think you will want? Do you want to sit next to daddy or mommy on the plane? Okay, mm-hmm. you're going to sit next to daddy on the way there and mommy on the way back. We're going to bring a couple cars. What cars do you want to bring with you? We'll bring some books too. We can look at books. When we're on the plane, you're going to wear your seatbelt and watch a movie and eat a snack. Because then it's, yeah, it's less focus on the laundry list of things that they cannot do. Exactly. And more shifting to what's exciting. Exactly. What they can do. What can you do on this really cool airplane trip? Exactly. When we get to the airport, we're going to bring our stroller. You can sit in the stroller or you can walk next to me and hold my hand. Yeah. Focusing on what they can do. Um, And then sprinkled throughout all of this, you're going to include the who. So who's going to be there during your travel day? Who is going to be there while you're on your trip? Are you going to visit family or friends so they know what to expect? Show pictures if it's new people. And then the why. Why are you going there? Are you going, we're going to visit friends in North Carolina, but maybe you're going to the beach for a celebration. Mm -hmm. Um, We have traveled a lot the past couple of years for um, celebration of lives for Mm -hmm. family members who have passed away. And that's really important to communicate to your kids. Like that's a big thing for their little brains to understand. So giving them the information so they can process it is really important. Um, I can see why this needs a whole week, (laughs) y'all. How I mean, it's so wonderful because I like, It is so important to prep your kids with all these nuances so that their brains are available Mm -hmm. to participate in them and to be able to behave the way that they are needed to in these different environments. Yeah. But yeah, it takes a week because it's a lot to go through, which is, I mean, it's fine, but I think that is what's tricky is that it requires a lot of pre-planning from the parent. It does. Of like... I mean, obviously there's so much the parent has to prepare themselves. Plus like having to think about how to prepare your kids. It could be a lot. How do you like, how do you make sure that you leave time for all of this? So one of the things that I do that I recommend all people do is once I started traveling, I keep a note on my iPhone Mm. titled just like travel or something. And I share it with my husband and I turn it into a checklist. So I have like a section that is, for the kids, what they need, for me, for Michael. And then I also have like gear and then I'll make, um, a list, another category for like on the plane or in the car for in the car. Um, and I keep that list going at all times. Like I made it once and I just add to it when I need to, when I'm traveling. So it's basically like a template for me to build on. So what's always on there is like the baby monitor, the sound machine, you know, toiletry items that Mm -hmm. we're going to need. And then what changes is like how many outfits we need. Do we need like outerwear? Do we need swimsuits? That kind of stuff. Yeah. But it is a basic template to go off of at all times. Ooh, that takes it off your brain. It really does. And it's nice because I share it with my husband and I'm the primary packer in our family because my brain just works better in that capacity. 
um, but he can check things off as he's packing. So like he will make sure that all of the devices are charged, um, that we have everybody's headphones, he'll pack snacks, that mm -hmm, kind of thing, mm -hmm. make a coloring book set like situation. Whereas I can worry more about like the clothes and toiletries and stuff like that. Yeah. So if that's offloaded off your brain, then you can dedicate a lot of that, you know, week leading up to, to prepping your kids. Yes. Yes. Cool. And cool. if I know that we have a bunch of travel coming up, I will get like, you know, little mini travel toiletries and I'll just like have them full and ready to go mm -hmm. and keep them in their bag so that I can just grab it when it's time to travel again. So next let's talk about what you need for your actual travel day. Okay. Um, I, so I'm going to focus more on like plane travel because I feel like long car rides, like y'all know what to do. <laughs> um, I like to travel in an airport with a stroller. I think you kind of have to know your kids and your situation and what your capacity is. Some people may say like, oh, having a stroller so much, then you have to like gate check it. And we bring like our, um, up a baby, um, Gosh, which one do I have? I have like the one that everybody has. The Uppa Baby. I don't know. I'm forgetting right now. It's the one that everybody has. It's not the cruise. It's the other one that um, you can turn into a double stroller. But we bring that and it is it is big. It's not like a compact stroller to pack up. But the reason that we bring it in the airport is A, it moves beautifully in mm. an airport. Uh -huh. And B, my kids, when they are in unfamiliar environments, even exciting ones, they like to be held a lot. Mm -hmm. And I cannot be holding a backpack, my purse, a kid, possibly their bag. That's just too much. Yeah. So they want to be held. I can put them in the stroller. I can put all of our shit in the stroller. Mm -hmm. And everything's taken care of and my hands are free. That does mean that we need to, oh, it's the Upper Baby Vista. Now I'm remembering. But we do have to bring the travel bag for that and break it down at the gate. But we've become pretty well-versed at doing that at this point. Um, but we love our, our stroller when we travel. When Bowie was younger, I recently just stopped bringing our carrier also mm. because I would we would just bring one seat to our stroller because that was all that fits in the bag. I would wear him through security and Sonny would be in the stroller. Uh -huh. um, I think it's about figuring out what works best for you. But I like being able to have my hands, have a place to put food or drinks if we need them. And also a place to strap my kids in and book it to the gate if we have to. Yeah, that's a good point. Because like, that's a situation that happens too. We've never had any issues with it being damaged or lost. Um, we do not carry our car seats on the airplane. Mm -hmm. I know some people like to do that and install the car seat on the airplane. I think that's technically like the safest way. I haven't read a lot about that. Um, we don't do that. It's just like too much to carry that. A friend of mine recently was like, um, somebody told me to do this and I really didn't like it. Do you do that? And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we check our car seats all the way through. We put them in travel bags. We have special travel ones. Actually, the car seats that we keep in Michael's car are like the lightweight travel ones. Um, but one little tip of advice is if you are checking a car seat all the way through, like when you check your luggage, stuff that puppy full of stuff oh. because they don't check it and there's no weight limit on it. Ah, what a little 
Jam of a tip. <laughs> so like that's where I'm shoving a bunch of diapers if I'm not buying them there or like my kids' blankets. Um, recently what we've been doing, and I, I think we will continue to do this for a long time, is we have the micro mini scooters, mm. just like that standard three-wheel scooter that everybody has. We You can take them apart like pop the handlebar off uh-huh. and we put, we break them apart and put them in the car seat bags Oh, nice! with the car seat so because have- yeah. So we have something to do there. Mm-hmm. My kids have a lot of energy and even if we can just go on like one scooter ride a day, it makes a big difference. What a, I, I'm still mind blown about the car seat, trick. <laughs> but you can put your scooters in there and you helmets can fit and it so fits. many things. Yeah. That's like where I put all my overflow. Cause y'all traveling with kids. I'm like not a light traveler either. I have friends that have like traveled through Europe for three months with just a backpack. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I like to bring the things that are going to make my life easier and more comfortable. Yeah. So like you can also put anything that's going to be heavy in there because they're not going to turn that down. Wow. Yeah. So that is kind of like what I think about like packing wise. Oh, another like big tip that I feel like everybody knows is use packing cubes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like we, I use them and I put masking tape on them and just label whose stuff they are. I'll put like all the kids PJs in one, all their clothes in another. Um, because we usually just bring one or two suitcases between the four of us. Um, and then thinking about traveling for the plane. So my view on this is this is your open invitation to screen time. Yeah. I don't have any rules about screen time on this day. Like I used to try and bring toys, especially when my kids were little, like smaller and they couldn't focus on a movie for that long. Mm -hmm. They're now at the age where they can watch a full movie. And it's beautiful and so easy. (laughs) One of those uh, not talked about enough developmental milestones. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I have friends that don't use screen time at all on the plane because they say it dysregulates their kid. And I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. Um, I am particular about what my kids watch. I think we've talked about that in the past. Um, They're allowed to pick a Disney movie. There's a couple shows that they're allowed to download like tumble leaf or um trash truck on netflix those are in our approved list also bowie can have a shorter attention span at times he's two and a half and so we will do a bunch of those short little videos from amazon prime they're all books turned into shows Mm. and they're like seven or eight minutes there's like um planting planting a rainbow the tiny seed um, good night, good night construction site. They're all very simple and keep their attention span longer. Um, but this is our open invitation for screen time. My kids don't have access to an iPad or phone or handheld device in any other situation other than on a plane. Um, that makes it so special. They're going to want to do it. It does. It really does. And we don't do games yet. I'll say we don't do any games. So it's just a movie and I feel like it helps their attention also that they that's all they have access to Mm -hmm. um but I don't bring too many toys like I let them bring a couple Hot Wheels cars to use while we're waiting for the plane oh we don't watch the screens until we're on the plane oh okay we wait Mm -hmm. because let's move our bodies as much as possible before so I usually give them a couple Hot Wheels cars that they drive around while they're waiting to board the plane um I will bring their Yoto players 
which I think everybody knows what those are these days, the mm-hmm. little boxes that play stories and they have headphones that can go with them. Um, I'll bring a couple coloring books and crayons because you never know what's going to happen if you get delayed or something. And then a couple small fidget type toys, like anything kind of tiny yeah. that doesn't take up a lot of space. I used to bring a whole lot more and it used to be so heavy. And my husband was like, Nicole, they're just going to watch a movie. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> like, yeah. let's just keep this simple. Um, pack snacks, both familiar snacks and maybe fun, exciting snacks that they don't normally get like lollipops or gummies or something. I pack their water bottles. Um, I don't know if everybody knows this, but you can bring ice through security. You cannot bring liquids, obviously. Um, so I will fill their hydro flasks with ice and just dump off the extra water before we go through. I didn't know that. You didn't? No. (laughs) So I'll fill up all of our water bottles with ice. Um, And then I also like to pack their food because, A, airport food is expensive. It's so expensive. So expensive. And, B, it's garbage a lot of times. So I will pack their bento boxes or just, like, some Ziplocs or stasher bags with, like, a peanut butter and jelly or an egg sandwich or cheese and crackers because they're happier eating that anyways. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then your usual, like, I think diaper bag type stuff. You want wipes. I pack extra clothes for the boys. We typically pick early flights because A, they're cheaper. And I think it's easier to fly with kids early in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they will fly in their pajamas and I'll pack like clothes for them to change into upon arrival, but obviously extra clothes, extra undies. If you've got somebody that's new on the potty, um, I think that's about it. Snacks for yourself, obviously. Headphones for everybody. Right. Don't forget about yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Don't forget about yourself at all. Um, And then like a couple extra considerations to think about is um, I recently bought some safety bracelets for my kids and they wear them when we travel now. I got them on Etsy. They are just like those rubber silicone bracelets that have, it has their name on it. And then it has mom's phone number and dad's phone number. Nice. So we wear those when we travel. I also bought, but haven't used yet, um, air tags and air tag bracelets for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't used them yet, but we have them. And then I also, when during the days of travel, and I often do it when we're on vacation anyways, is I match my kids' clothing most of the time. And the reason that I do that is because, A, it makes them easier to spot for me Mm -hmm. if they're, like, you know, getting some energy out running around the airport. And, B, we had a situation in October where Bowie went missing at a public event for a few minutes. And they were not wearing matching clothing and I couldn't remember what he was wearing. And so my theory being that I know exactly, I I can describe what they're wearing exactly. Yeah. By just looking at the other one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So those are just a couple extra tidbits. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You just like talked expertly for a very long period of time. You should be proud of yourself. (laughs) Thanks. I feel like most people know this, but maybe not. I don't know. We're always learning things from each other, right? Well, I feel like we always want to give gems, you know, like even if you listen to this, you know, nine out of 10 things, that one thing, like packing the car seat bag, Mm -hmm. like that could be a game changer. So 
Thank you for all your like expert stuff because you never know what people are going to take from it. That's very like true. The ice. Those are my two. Ice yeah. insecurity. Yeah. <laughs> and packing the car seat bag. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. What would be your like how to at home? Like if parents took away one thing from this, like what is something? I have two. Okay. Because I can't have one. Never. Um, <laughs> one is the running list. Keep that going in your phone. It's going to make your life so much easier. Yeah. Number two is prep prep your kids yeah it's gonna make such a difference but prep in more than just like telling them yes like that's the part that i mean don't get me wrong takes a little more preparation on your end as a parent but like that multi-sensory activity that movement activity yeah of literally practicing what the plane's gonna be like where your stuff goes how the seats are arranged like yeah that is huge how much like decreased anxiety and like decreased yeah um, like your kids won't have to think about that kind of stuff. They're familiar with it. They Absolutely. know exactly what to do. Yeah. And if you feel nervous about traveling with your kids because um, you've had behavioral challenges with them in the past, reach out to us because we have worked with so many families recently and a lot of them have traveled while working with us and we were able to help them set themselves up for success for travel. Yeah. Some of these nuances are child specific, right? Like this is when we give our podcast, we kind of give general recommendations, general considerations, but you know, each child has their own personality, their own strengths and their own things that they're working on. And so tailoring how to prep that specific child might be a little bit different. So that is where the kind of specific parent coaching lens comes in is that we consider your child's development and where they're at and helping you with that and helping you with behavior while traveling and all those things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, (laughs) We would like to thank everybody for listening. Follow along on our Instagram for all things related to this episode one of season two. Yes. And if you are enjoying our content and you follow us on Instagram, also give us a follow on TikTok. We're trying to be on there more. Yes. Like, share, tell your friends. Rate, review. (laughs) All the things. Cheers, Nicole. Cheers.